This is the Friday, September 8, 2023 version of the market analysis segment from Market to Market. The next government report on yield comes next week. This week, the trade has been moving on speculation ahead of the release of that report and weather factors nearing the end of volatility. For the week, the nearby wheat contract was flat, while December corn gained two cents. The weather-fueled rally ran out of steam in the soybean complex. The November soybean contract sold off six cents on the week, and December meal added $1.80 per ton. December cotton contracted by 404 per hundredweight. Over in the dairy parlor, October Class 3 milk futures added six cents. The livestock market was mixed. October cattle improved 308. October feeders put on 450. And the October lean hog contract shed 152. In the currency markets, the U.S. dollar index added 86 ticks. October crude oil improved $1.67 per barrel. Comex Gold lost 24.90 per ounce, and the Goldman Sachs Commodity Index increased more than eight points to settle at 606.20. Joining us now is market analyst Christy Von Ancheseth. Christy, welcome back. Hello, it's good to be back. So, wheat. Yeah, fun. Putin says, well, if the West does this certain thing, I'll agree to a deal. The West had already done that thing. Where are we? where Russia continues to dominate the weather or the wheat narrative. Are we still in that? I don't think so. I mean, I think it grabs some headlines, but for the most part, you look at the wheat market and how far it's scaled back. I think that people are sick of hearing about the whiplash between Russia. You know, you'll hear one story and it might be friendly, but the next day it's a completely different narrative, like you said. And so then you come back and you take these traders out of the market. And so I really think everyone has stepped away from the market for that reason. They're sick of being all over the place. And that's what we're seeing right now. This week, uh, December, Minneapolis was up. Kansas City was trying to rally. So does that continue? Yeah, we're trying to round out a bottom. The market, you look at charts and it, it really honestly looks like you're trying to round out a bottom. When you look at KC Wheat, the biggest thing is we need to get above 750 and trade above it and stick above it. And we have not been able to do that. We've got above it a couple different days, but have not been able to close above it. If we can get there, it looks really, really friendly that you could see upward of 789, you know, even above $8, uh, 824, 842. But we need to get that above 750 and it just seems like we can't do it. So if I'm sitting with unpriced wheat, am I st sitting on the acres for a little, or the edges a little bit of the field right now? Yeah, I think so. I think the chart is showing you enough action that it really does want to round out a bottom. It's just a matter of traders coming in. And so for the most part, it doesn't look like we want to make new lows, that I'd be patient here. Corn, there's been some technical side. We've been having this resistance um, of $5. Do you see that lasting long? Yeah, corn needs a friend. Um, soybeans tried doing it earlier, and I think if you could get that wheat action above 750 for Kansas City wheat, you could get corn to do it. But the first thing you need is, like you said, get above $5. And I think uh, next uh, week for our crop report, that's going to be the deciding factor whether corn can do it or not. Seasonally, we round out a bottom towards the end of September. So it might take a little bit longer, but I think we might get it. We're showing video right now of cornfields in Iowa. You had a chance to drive down from Minnesota. What's, since you were last here and made this trip, 
How has that corn crop changed? Yeah, so I've made the trip a couple times. So July I was here and we got down to Iowa and I was like, this is such a good looking crop. It's phenomenal. I was back about a month later for a family get together and I couldn't believe the crop deterioration along the way. So that was kind of surprising to me. Now when we're coming down, it's amazing to me how different each field is. There's a lot of fields that look like they could be combined pretty soon. And there's a lot of beans that are still lush green. And so it's kind of weird to see that difference in there. And I think when you look at kind of a field, you've got that sense that it's going to be a difficult harvest for soybeans because you're going to have some ready and some not uh, and you can see it throughout the fields. Do you subscribe to the theory that this corn market is done moving on vo uh, weather volatility until we get those uh, first significant round of yield monitors? Yeah, I think so. I even think that for the soybean market. I think the people have moved on from the hot and dry. You know, even if we trend hotter, it's still not going to be that really, really big heat probably. So I think people have moved on to focus on South America weather for soybeans and for corn. Um, the difficulty is that the heat stress that we saw for those three weeks is probably not going to be seen until you get yield monitors. It's not something that USDA might see in this next report doing boots on the ground. I'm a little bit concerned about that, that it's going to be more of a test weight issue, um, that it's going to take that you know harvest activity before you really know what kind of damage that did. The test weight's the popular discussion point oh, online yeah. that I see. Uh, this one came in, this is a question that came in uh, from online, from Facebook actually. Seems like this time of year, Christy, is when the corn lows come in. This person, uh, Mike says, I've been hearing some yield estimates under 170. What are your thoughts on pricing new crop corn right now? Yeah, I, I wouldn't price new crop corn right now. Um, I don't want somebody to take that and, and say that I'm overly bullish because that's really not the case either. I think corn's got an uphill battle, like you said, got to get through $5. You get above that 507 high that we had uh, from a week or two ago, then you have some really big resistance levels, 525, 534, and then 550. And so it's going to take a little bit, but at this point I'd be patient seasonally, like I said earlier, end of September. Um, and I think one thing to really focus on right now is if if you have a crop that's close to your APH or worse, um, protecting crop insurance price should be on the top of your docket right now is really looking at that for October. You, you've kind of flirted around talking about beans. Yep. Uh, you, you talked about the field progress of, of them. Did the volatility, did you buy the whole sentiment that the volatility is gone now because of the heat? Because there's not much more we can do for that crop. Yeah, I think to a degree, but I think more or less you have enough stories right now in uh, early start for Brazil. Um, some areas that are having some good moisture coming their way. Uh, I think you have enough sentiment around the market to tug this market in either direction. And so what we're ending up doing is consolidating in this 1375 to 1385 range, and we're not getting anywhere. If we can get above $14, it opens up targets to 1440. I think beans have the most to gain from USDA's crop report next week. I think that's the one where we look at kind of the carryout levels, how small they are. And also we don't have a lot of room to give right now for the yield. And we've done a pretty decent job of catching up on export sales. I think that's been one of the key things is we've had consistent sales. They have not been anything that's been really attractive, those big ones that you like to see, but they've been consistent. Do you see that this market, you mentioned a few of those resistance points higher. Do you see that market moving faster uh, than, than it has been, which is hard to say, because we realize the weight is down, the crop, the yield is down, those types of things. Yeah, I think if Tuesday comes in here and you have a, a substantial yield decline of, of some sort, I think that it's going to be eye-opening to the market. I also think because you've been able to get an earlier start in Brazil, that any sort of 
issue in Brazil is going to come sooner than we're typically used to. So by the end of the year, we can know if there's some issues in Brazil and we need them to have a good crop with how tight our crop is here. So I do think you have that ability to really accelerate it. It's just getting those stories to come together. I guess I'll ask the same question I did in corn. Uh, do you price any new crop right now? Uh, you know, I think it's a, a lot different for soybeans. So for me, for soybeans, if you're looking at it and you're saying, I don't have the room right now, basis levels are still attractive, I'm okay selling beans here. And I think, you know, when you're looking at, do I store beans or do I store corn? I think the carries are there for you to store corn. I think the basis is not as great. And I think ethanol profitability is there that you could really see some good basis levels towards the end of the year for corn. I think farmers are gonna be sticklers and not wanna <laughs> get rid of that grain. And so I, I do think that you know the opportunities are there for corn even though the price level it's at so if you had to choose i would be a seller of beans what about in cotton seems like there's been a little profit taking this week yeah so cotton you got that nice run up but now you're looking at kind of the reality behind it we have 10 percent behind on export sales so the business is not there you're getting good rains for a lot of the areas for cotton and you know i think a lot of people are just concerned about what china's going to do they're such a big importer of our cotton and you know last month in august they imported a lot less than people were expecting so i think it's a tough one there that you see the writing on the wall that maybe it cannot consistently keep going going. Are you still bullish in live cattle now? Yes, yeah, so live cattle, feeder cattle have been like steady eddy on Treadline. They have not wanted to move. Uh, they have been really honestly boring to watch. Uh, and you finally started to see some breakout potential out of them on the charts. So I am. I think that you could see that. Seasonally, you know, you, you looked at this market and they were supposed to be dropping starting August 1st, both live cattle and feeder cattle, and we didn't see that. And so maybe that seasonal drop was actually the consolidation pattern that we saw on the chart and that you're getting to an opportunity where we can start rallying here for live cattle. Feeder cattle seasonally takes a little bit, but I think that the potential that we've had has been good. Do you subscribe to the, the, the sentiment that live cattle still tied strongly to the dollar? And when the dollar shot up this week and then kind of retreated, that that was gonna be the impact on the driver, not so much a uh, supply story. Yeah, I think that momentarily the dollar can affect the markets. You know, um, grain markets, I think it has that longer impact when you look at export sales, especially when you're looking at kind of like the wheat complex where it's traded so many different areas. But when you look at the cattle markets, I think that is more driven on exports and domestic usage and tight supplies that I don't think the dollar has enough power to kind of override the fundamental tightness that the market has right now. Do you think the feeder, you kind of talked a little bit about yep. feeders already, but do you see that as the same story? Are you hearing anything about herds expanding or holding back to expand or it's still? It's still tight. And that's yeah. what I've heard is that the pockets, they are just very, very tight right now. And I think moving forward, it's going to take a long time before you can kind of see that expansion start to happen again. And I think one thing to look at is maybe for feeder cattle, the, the feed usage. Um, that is such a big aspect to that. So I think overall, you're looking at a pattern that we're still going to have that friendly story behind it for fundamentals. Feed needs are yep. always that issue that comes up when, when we see wheat and corn. Do you, do you think there was a little bit of buying because we did see a tiny rally at the beginning of the week coming off the holiday? 
Yeah, so we we moved on some feed needs. Um, so it's something we're looking at seasonally. I, I hate to keep going back to it, but October, you know, you have this crop insurance price for corn. And I think it's just something you really got to focus on that if the profitability is there um, to be able to protect that. So we did move on some of that just because of where we're at. And corn feels kind of comfortable at this level. We know Tuesday can bring some wild cards. But even if you broke the corn market, the support is 450 to 460 on the charts. And so that's not that much lower that we took that step to make sure we're protecting some of those. Dollar impacting the hog market too? I think you can see that to a degree. I think right now um, one of the biggest things is hog liquidation. We're seeing that kind of across the board. You're seeing some plant or some farms close in Missouri, um, some Prop 12 liquidation. So um, I'm not so sure if it's necessarily the dollar, but I think liquidation is the biggest factor here is that for a while it looked like maybe futures were going to go meet cash, but it ended up mm. cash coming down to meet futures. Do you see that trend continuing for a while? No, I actually think you could you could dig out of this hole once we get past liquidation. I think when you talk about domestic usage, uh, you look at the difference in price between beef and pork. I think that you're still going to see that demand uh, really stay strong for domestic usage. And I think also our export sales on pork, just the way everything's panning out, I think could stay strong as well. Which are you most bullish on of those three livestock? Cattle? Feeders or the hogs? Uh, In the next three months, I'll give you a window. Okay, three months. I like the way live cattle look on a chart right now. Very good. And I like the way this worked out. Thank yeah, you, Christy. Yeah, great. Thank you. Good to see you again. Yes, you too. All right, we're going to hold tight, and we're going to pause this analysis and continue our discussion about these markets in our Market Plus segment. You can find both analysis and plus on our website of markettomarket.org. We do enjoy hearing from you, and here is how to do that. Send us an email to markettomarket at iowapbs.org. That inbox is available around the clock. Next week, we are going to look at the landowner pushback along proposed pipeline routes. Thank you so very much for watching. Have a great week.